Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. In this episode, we're going to be talking about generational crime. In my family, on the Baker side, um, my daddy went to prison, I went to prison, and my sons went to prison. That's three generations back to back that have gone to prison. And you can go a little further back, and we can include my grandfather in it. So that's four generations of people on the Baker side, you know, the Baker men that have gone to prison. Now, I'm not going to say that we didn't have the opportunities or I didn't have the opportunities to do things the right way because I did. Uh, my father, my grandparents, uh, aunties, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, everybody was uh, always telling me to do the right things and all of those types of things, especially my father and my grandparents, you know what I'm saying, and my uncle especially. But it was something about the way... Uh, my father acted when he was uh, involved in certain activities and plus, you know, uh, the things that I would hear about him on the streets. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to focus on those things because we, we tell our kids to do the right things. Uh, but what we don't realize is that a lot of times our reputations in the streets will supersede the things that we're telling them, the way that we want them to go, you know, opposite of our behavior. And that's what I want to touch on, right? I know with my father, um, I used to watch him in the streets. Not a lot because he was locked up, you know what I'm saying, off and on. But those times when he was out, I would watch my father from afar. You know, it's not like I could be down there with him because keep in mind I was young. But I would watch him from afar with his activities, you know, uh, how he would shoot dice and the way he would dress and the way he would talk and how he would just feel energetic and happy and he just looked like he was in his zone when he was involved in stuff, right? And couple that with my need to be accepted by him, not being rejected by him, and it was like I almost wanted to emulate him and his behavior. Now, of course, you know, I had people in my family, like I said before, that told me, look, you don't want to be in the streets. You don't want to go to jail. You don't want to go to prison. You don't want to do the wrong thing. I had that. I had plenty of that. Even when I visited my father in prison, he would tell me that. But when he was out of prison or even when he was still in prison, when I would hear about him on the streets, what people would say about him, it excited me. It excited me. And I'm sure that's not what he wanted, but it excited me. And it was like I almost wanted to be like him. Even though I had people around me that I wanted to be like, like my uncle, you know what I'm saying? Or people in my family that I look up to and respect to this day. And I respect everybody in my family, but I looked up to my uncle and my uncle always said and told me to do the right things. You know what I mean? And I just never realized until later on in life after I got in prison how strong my need to be accepted by my father overpowered the positive people in my life, in my family. How much that influenced me, you know, even though I know my father didn't want me to come this way. I know he didn't. He did not want this for me. It was really hard for my father to uh, accept that I may, he may have been a part of why I came to prison. You know what I'm saying? I committed the crime, but I think in some ways he feels like he laid the foundation. You know what I'm saying? For this to happen because uh, 
he, I don't think he knew what I was doing. I know he didn't know what I was doing, but once he found out everything that I had been involved in and all the things in the streets, you know, we had that talk and he, he asked me, you know, did I blame him? And I told him, of course not. But, and I still don't blame my father, but I do acknowledge that there was something more powerful going on with me and my need to be accepted by him than even I could explain at that time. And let's fast forward it. I think that I did, well, it ain't no thinking. I know that I did the exact same thing to both of my sons. I told my sons, don't do this, don't do that. Go to school, stay in school, play basketball, do these types of things, whatever the case may be, but do good. Listen to your mama, listen to your grandparents. I told them all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, after conversations with my sons, I heard them talk about, you know, what people were saying about me in the streets and the things that they knew and heard that I was still involved in, gang activity, selling drugs, and all of these things. I'm not saying that uh, they took that and wanted to do this and that, but I remember having a conversation with my son, and it was like he almost wanted to be like me. He almost wanted to be like me. So those behaviors that I was committing, it didn't really... It didn't really dawn on me that I was laying a foundation for both of my sons to end up in prison with me, you know? And when I saw them come into prison, that's a feeling that I really don't wish to, on any father, any parent, period, to see your own child coming into prison and then coming to the realization that you had something to do with it. Not, I didn't commit the crimes, but I may as well have. I may as well have. And I think that's where we miss it a lot. We talk about all the things that we want our children to do and, and, and to be better than we are. You know what I'm saying? And we rationalize and tell ourselves that, you know, I'm doing the right thing as a parent, you know, because we're saying the right things, but we're not doing the right things, you know. And we don't have those conversations with our kids when they're young to get them, make them understand, don't listen to what people talk about in the streets when they talk about me because it's trash, it's garbage. We don't do those types of things because I believe, for me, at that time, I wanted to hold on to that reputation because if that reputation made my kids look up to me, then I would take it. I would take it. I so much did not want to be rejected by them that I compromised their lives. I compromised their futures, worrying about how I was going to feel. Selfish, pure selfishness. But I didn't realize that at the time. And when I look back and I think about all the things that I said and I did, you know, telling them on the one hand to stay in school, but then on the other hand, helping them find a plug to get drugs. Ain't nothing straight about that. Ain't nothing straight about that. My uncle used to tell me all the time, stop doing that, don't do that. My sister and my brother, they used to tell me the same thing, don't do that. You know what I mean? And I would rationalize in my mind, I'm doing this because if they go out here and do it and get robbed and get hurt, then I'm going to feel bad. Well, like my uncle used to tell me all the time, if they go and they choose to do this on their own, then they've made a choice. But you don't participate in that because you lose the moral authority to correct them when you're involved in it. And I just didn't get that, but I get that now. And that's why I wanted to do this 
this episode because and talk about this because we want better for our children. We want better for our children. But we go about it in ways that contradict what we are saying we want for them. There is no right way to do wrong. There is no way to help your child participate in criminal activities and not expect them to end up in a situation that might lead to their death or prison or somebody else's death or prison. There's no way to rationalize that. There's no way. And I think that we need to take a hard look at ourselves and how we're raising our children. If we're involved in criminal activities, we need to be man enough and say, look here, I'm not going to do right. Don't listen to me. Don't have a relationship with our kids. Just totally cut ourselves off from the people that we love because if we continue to stay in their lives, we, need, we owe them. We owe them an opportunity to do better than us. Once we bring those kids into the world, we lose that, that what am I trying to say? We, we don't have the right anymore once we bring kids into this world. We don't have the right to only think about ourselves. We don't. We have to think about them. They didn't ask to be brought here. We did that. So we have to do right by them. We have to do right by them. And I know it's hard, but you have to give up that reputation. You have to put them before yourself. You feel what I'm saying? And you just gotta change your behavior. As simple as that. You have to stop doing what you're doing. It was hard for me to come to grips with that. It was hard for me to come to grips with that. I, when I think about my sons now, and I look at them and I'm proud of them and all the things that they're doing, I'm like, man, you know, if, if I would have done the right thing by them, there's no telling what they would have become in life. It's no telling. It's no telling. And then I look back at, you know, how my behavior was influenced by my father. I don't blame my father. I'm a grown man. I just understand and accept that it influenced my behavior too. You know what I mean? But we have to do better. We have to do better. We cannot continue to go down this path and lay the foundation for our kids to participate in criminal activities. You know what I'm saying? Whether you are a parent, an auntie, uncle, or cousin, be mindful of how the younger people around you are looking at you. Be mindful of that. Be mindful of how they're looking at you because they're looking up to you. They're looking to you as a role model. So you owe them. You owe them that opportunity to do better, to have a life free of crime, to have a life where they don't have to worry about somebody shooting them or robbing them or kicking in the door or going to jail or visiting their parents in jail. They have a right to a nice, decent life. Once you bring them into this world, you owe them that. We owe our children that. And with that said, this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and peace.